Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Game Master Tips, number eight, campaign building with Phil Harker-Smith. Hey, what's up? Hey. Hey, it's a long time no see. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's been an age. yeah. So anybody, Feels like it. Yeah. Anybody checking out this episode of Game Master Tips? This episode is all about campaign building with Phil Harker Smith of Roll to Cast and Baby Beard Media. Um, if you want to, if you want to learn more about him and everything he has going on, check out the episode we just streamed live. That's why I was jokingly saying, "Nice to see, you know, haven't seen <laughs> you forever." But we literally just did a great episode of Cyberpunk Uncensored. Um, the podcast, you can check it out anywhere you see podcasts. It's on like 30 plus sites, but you can also see a live stream of it on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube channel or on Twitch or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, anywhere. So <laughs> let's get right into Game Master Tips. Um, I like to kind of not waste too much time and just, you know, get right into to the meat of what's up. So yep. you've done role-playing games a long time, uh, you know, or at least you've dabbled in a, in a bunch of them and, you know, yep. you're, you're, you're a great GM. I've listened to your live streams. I Thank know you, you know what's up with them. Um, I'd like to talk about your process of creating a campaign or building a campaign for players from like beginning to end and, you know, your main key points that you do and use and any sure. tips, tips along the way. Um, sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. And, Happy and any, yeah. And anytime we get into anything specific, obviously, uh, you know, if there's any mention like that, if, if it has to go that way, uh, just we'll kind of base it around cyberpunk. You know, because I'm very cyberpunk centric with this. So, <laughs> yeah, sure, for sure. Yeah. So let's start at the beginning. Um, do you typically like you know do do a separate session zero, or do you kind of combine that with one, or how do you start building a campaign or thinking about it or going about this? So almost always, uh, I will do do a zero or even even more than that. So for me, it's really important that you involve the players in the process. Uh, you are coming together to tell a story together. So you've got to work out what kind of story that everybody wants to tell. Um, and there's even a reason that you've you've all chosen to play whatever game you're playing, say Cyberpunk, um, you know, and that will lend itself to telling certain stories. But unless everyone's on the same page, you might leave someone behind. Right? So I like to say, hey, you know, why are we all here? What is it that we want to pull out of this? You know, do we want to tell, you know, a story of heroism? Do we want to tell a story of, you know, oppression? You know, what what is it that we, we want to tell? You know, and if you get people on board from the ground up, you'll um, you, you'll avoid a lot of, uh, of difficulty or awkwardness later. And people are just more invested. If you if you go right from the beginning, hey, what is it that you want to explore? What is it that you want to do when when we sit down at the table? Yeah, I love that. Uh, you know, instead of just a, a, a typical session zero, you like to take it back. I like you said take it back a little further, like maybe a session negative one or something. But um, yeah, yeah. But no, it, it's funny though because I, I did an episode of GM Tips, kind of my how I do a session zero specifically about just that, and that's one yeah. thing I love doing is I love to start out kind of 
going over like my style of jamming or whatever, you know, cause like, for instance, like with cyberpunk, like it can get pretty graphic and you yes. know, it's, it's an, it's an adult game. At least with me, you can always tone things down. You can do it. Any GM, obviously you construct a game the way you want to play. But for me, I always start my session zero talking about that, but I do exactly kind of what you just mentioned is I'll always ask the players, like what kind of game are you into? Like mystery solving or being a hero, more combat heavy or, and I think that's, yeah. that, that's great. You brought that up. Cause it's very important to, you know, remember as a GM that the game is about the players. Yeah. And you can even go, you know, depending on who you're playing with, you can go a bit further and you can say, you know, what themes do you want to explore? Do you want to look at family relations? Do you want to look at personal trauma? Do you want to um, you know, look at, you know, self, uh, self-belief, self that kind of thing? All kind of stuff that, that people see in, in the, the media that they consume something they can embody as well so depending on on what kind of game and what reason you're playing it you can you know feel free to push it even further if that's the kind of storytelling you want to do um i I like to joke sometimes that uh setting up a gaming session or gaming party can be a little bit like building informed consent for like uh for kink um <laughs> in that you know there are limits that people have yeah, what's your safe what's your safety word you know like that's right you know and <laughs> you can go to some pretty heavy you can go to some pretty heavy places you know especially if you're playing as you say a, a grown-up game a more mature game where there's death is on the line and, and violence is on the line there can be the world can in, involve trauma and abuse you know you have to make sure that your players are happy and safe with those topics and if they're not then you have to exclude them. It's you. You are. You are there to. You're not there to, to to challenge them or force them to to things that they they don't want to see or do. Um, so you know you have to take that sort of thing into account. And if that's a hard line for you as a DM and you want to still want to tell that story, you might have to find different players. You know to right. explore that. It, it it goes both ways. I think. Um, so that's my my. I tend to be kind of holistic in that way. I'll start with the players and the characters and the story that they want to build. And then I'll take that away and, uh, and kind of merge it with the, with my ideas and, and see how they fit together. And then I'll start to build a, a story up from there. And then usually at some point in that building, I will set the players some sort of small task um, that evolve, re-involves them in, in building up this, the world and the story again. So for the latest season of Cyberpunk Red, I, I built a faction base and a faction for the players to to, um, to sort of uh, do their missions from. And what I asked them to do was go, okay, each of you bring me an NPC who lives, is part of this faction who lives in this place, you know, uh, and oh, yeah. I'll try and work them in at some point. No promises. I think I got everyone's creations in. And that gives players a little bit more investment in the world outside of their own characters and starts to make them think about, well, who do I know? Uh, Who's important to me? Yeah, that's a great tip. I want to reiterate that um, because I don't think I've heard too many people do that before. And I really like that. I might have to have to, you know, take that and implement that sometime because I really like, um, you know, not overdoing, but dropping in a little bit of life path here and there throughout separate campaigns, you know, you get that, those little motivations in and the little relatability in certain things and it draws Mm. in the character and the player. But I like what you just said too, like, you know, having the players maybe create an NPC to implement into the world to just, you know, give me an NPC to drop into this situation that we're creating together, this story. Give me a shop. Man, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. There's so many texture things that 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 little tip it reduces some of the work you have to do as well. <laughs> hey, I need That's three. Fine. I need a ripper dock. Can someone invent a ripper dock for me? You yeah. Know? Hey, I need ten NPCs, a corporation, a storyline, a plot, an end result, and some hey, you just and... Out people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it has a, it has a two. It has a dual purpose. You know, it, it yeah. keeps them invested in the world, and it takes a little bit of the effort off your back. And also, just you know, gives you ideas from other people that you might not have thought of. You know, oh, I a, love that working an NPC that you didn't think was possible. Can be really really cool, you know, and 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 just just adds that little extra dimension and keeps the players coming back. He's like, oh, there's that guy I made up. Yeah, there's yeah. that gang I invented, you know. Oh, I, totally I think love that. Uh, so, if, an example from uh, our 2020 campaign going mainstream is uh, the twists. So, I um, one of the characters they said, oh, you know, I grew up with a gang. That's my life path. You know, I grew up with a gang and I left them. And I was like, okay, so please invent a gang for me. You know, don't, don't take one out of the book. I want you to invent a gang. And they invented this poser gang based on Oliver Twist. So, oh, nice. uh, so it's like a, an adult with a load of kids. Uh, it's like a Fagin with, with all the little Olivers. Um, so yeah, they, and they, they showed up later and there's this visceral reaction from the players like, Oh, this is, Oh, this is this thing I made coming yeah, back. Yeah. And I think people understand that in terms of uh, story hooks. That's a really common kind of concept people have about building things in, but they don't just have to be story hooks. You can actually hook people into the texture of your world as well. Yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. Yeah, I love that. Um, so from there, I try to, uh, particularly in uh, coming at this from uh, my experience in making a podcast, um, I approach making a campaign for a podcast a little bit differently than I do for uh, for sort of an ongoing campaign for like a group of people where it's where it's uh, casual and it's open ended. So I am a big fan of sort of a completed narrative. I really like you know a three act structure or basing it on some sort of uh, established narrative framework like a heist movie or uh, something like that where you actually have you have a defined kind of arc where things will will uh, expand out and then come to a head or you know there's a mystery that is that is slowly revealed over time those are things you can bring into your campaign uh, that's casual but if you if you say okay we're just going to limit it to this one story it actually gives you more uh, in a way, it gives you more to play with. You can you can go a bit further. Uh, you can kill people. You can kill NPCs. You can kill characters, uh, player characters, with a bit more impunity, which I think is important for cyberpunk, the lethality of the world. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, this is a self-contained story. It doesn't matter if I kill this player, you know, because we'll come back and we'll tell a different story, you know, in, in a few months' time. I also uh, am allowed to sort of highlight one of the players as being maybe a protagonist or being the core of the story so in 2020 that was cassie glass and her our rocker and her quest to sort of get on the airways and pump her music over the um the the world news service uh channel and then in the new in the new campaign it's about wax our net runner and his relationship with his his uh his missing dad so you can you can again you can do that in in your own campaign, but you have to be a little bit careful uh, when you're doing it casually because you don't want to alienate your other players. So again, right. it's about consent and being on the same page and being like, 
hey, guys, I really want to focus this arc or this plot line on this character, which means you guys might need to take a bit of a sideline here. And as long as people are okay with that, you you totally can uh, focus on on their story. Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's a tip there too in the sense that, you know, you got to have – you got to – realize that there is a balance you know there is a team and i think most are very cool especially like for for someone like me who does like an ongoing campaign you know and it can be yeah. different with one shots too because it could be treated the same way where like each one kind of is, is central focused on different player maybe and people kind of mm-hmm. rally around that to make each one unique but i think with ongoing you can get away with it too because for instance you might have this a couple sessions you know this one campaign that like you said is maybe based around the rocker boy and everyone's part of it but it's definitely centered around that the storyline of that campaign then when that ends maybe it trails off into some side tangent that came from that that now is all about the exec or the media or the solo of that group you know so you can kind of change it up and go but i think it's important to make note for gms especially new gms i think experience you know you get that but like find balance so like you know if you're definitely focusing on one main character or player uh, be aware of that. So, like, next campaign, you can give another player a little bit of spotlight, you know? Or maybe within that campaign, session to session, you can shift the spotlight slightly so you find that balance within players. But I think that's a good point to make, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And 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 the other tip in there is is just be open with your players about, uh, you know, you don't have to give them spoilers, but, you know, you can say, hey, I was looking at really exploring this player. You know, you guys might have to take a sideline. It's totally okay to do that. It's a little bit meta. Uh, which I guess some people don't like, but I think it's perfectly within the realms of, of reason to just, you know, let people know what your plans are, you know, and if so they don't feel unfairly sidelined or they feel like, oh, you're playing favorites, that guy's your friend, you're just basing the story around them because, you know, your best mates or whatever, you know. Yeah. Tell people why you're making the decisions you're making because uh, the more you communicate, the the better people are able to sort of understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, GMs. There's another one. You know, don't be scared to communicate a little bit of that to the players. Like, you don't have to fully go into detail and feel like you're metagaming it out and like giving away everything. But you can lightly kind of at least talk. Like, I have a group chat with my players, right? So like in between games, that's where we'll handle like if they need to buy something or something that's like less exciting for the stream or we'll handle the handle the IP stuff there. So like in the chat, like if other GMs have something similar, that's a great spot to go in and say, hey, we're getting ready to start the next session. Just so everyone's aware, I'm kind of leaning towards, you know, this, I'm not going to tell you what the story is and what's going on, but it is kind of leaning more towards this player's role. Is everyone cool with them kind of getting a little more attention on the next campaign? And there's nothing wrong with kind of laying that out, and it's a great way to avoid, you know, like you said, some potential, I don't know, not jealousy or things, but anyone thinking that you're doing something just because you're, you're oh, he must like them more than me, or like, you know, just communicate. Yeah. Don't be scared to communicate, Yeah. Yeah, and the more you foster that with your group, they'll feel inclined to come to you as well and 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 say things like, "Oh, I was interested in in, in putting this in." You know, I don't necessarily want to tell the other players. Can we work it in? Uh, and and because you've already got this dynamic where you're sh- you right from the beginning, you're sharing the process of building your campaign and building your story. Your players will be more inclined to to feed you tidbits or ideas that you can then work in and make the game better for everybody. You don't have to carry the whole thing on your back. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's great. That's a great point. And uh, and and once again, it doesn't just avoid problems, but it takes a little bit of that. Now, I don't want to say workload off of the GM because it's not really like a workload. It's it's part of the campaign you're already doing. But it takes a little bit of maybe that subconscious stress or overthinking that sometimes happens. Because, I mean, every every GM or at least every good GM 
should find themselves sometimes doubting themselves, wanting to be better, yeah. wanting to learn more, and like you know what I mean. Like you, you trying to balance, trying to make sure everybody's happy, everybody's exactly. satisfied. You know, yeah. everybody's having fun, including you, DM. Right. Make sure you you are having fun. Um, uh, you're not there just to facilitate other people. <laughs> That's yeah, another yeah. tip. Yeah, if you're not having fun. You do something wrong. Yeah, yeah. I always say that. Like, num- number one GM tip is like, fucking have fun. If you're not, you're not doing it right. Like, just start over. You yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, okay. It, so it that- can be stressful, and you can worry about you know whether your players are having fun and and whether they're happy or not. That's natural, and you should definitely, yeah, yeah. as you say, you should you should do some self examination. You know, and yeah. and ask your players as well. You know, uh, end of campaign moments are really good for this as well. You could say, okay, well that story's wrapping up. Can can people tell me, please, you know, wh- wh- where were you bored? Uh, what was frustrating? Did something not make sense? You know, yeah. did something unfair? Did something go away that you weren't expecting in a way you thought, huh, that, that you didn't set that up, you know, uh, that felt arbitrary, you know, mm-hmm. and, and those, those moments are really good places to, to improve. Uh, get that feedback, improve, mm-hmm. put it into your next story, you know, and uh, as we've been saying, if you establish that relationship right from the beginning, that they're part of it, when you get to that point, people are already in that mode of like, well, of course, you know, my input's part of our group as, yeah. as part of the main group is valuable and it's important. They'll have been thinking of it. You won't be putting them on the spot. You know, they'll feel they'll feel like they have an open space with which to, to share their tips or their, their input about your story. Which, yeah. which is how it should be. It, you know, it's a collective effort and everyone should feel like they have a voice. I think that's really cool. And it's important. There's, there's a tip right in there is GMs don't be scared. You know, just as you give out, you know, IP, like in, I'm, I'm always referring to cyberpunk, but improvement points or maybe D&D experience points or whatever, just like you're divvying out this sort of report card based on how they played. Don't be scared to ask the players to give you some feedback, you know, get get a report card back. Like, man, hey, why doesn't everybody just kind of hit me back with what they liked and disliked about this previous campaign that we did or what you thought should be different? Or like you said, what, what was what seemed unfair or what were you missing? And like, that's great. You know, like, uh, don't be scared to kind of Turn, turn that around a little bit and get yourself some feedback. Um, but yeah, yeah for but, sure. But back to the campaign building. So once yeah. you, you know, establish your, your session zero, you get a better feel for how the game is, how the players want to play, what the characters are, and how you can implement that into kind of the campaign that you had in mind. You take that back, you kind of construct that within the story. And the story might be whatever it is, like we said, in depth. You might pull something from a film or a movie, like a, a typical plot yeah, sort of thing. I, I think that's worth expanding on just quickly, though, yeah, is yeah. that especially when you're early on building things, just take, take what you know, you know, if you, if you love oceans 11 and you want to tell a high story, you know, crib from that, you know, don't, don't be afraid of, you know, plagiarizing, you know, the, the, then, you know, you're not going to have an exec banging on your door saying you stole my idea. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe don't copy every single name and every single event in one of these things. Like if, for example, I keep coming back to this heist idea because I think it's a really, I, I think it's a really clear structure that people get. You know, um, yeah. yeah, Rick and Morty did the parody of it, you know, fairly recently. You know, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> uh, so he, you know, follows this really defined structure. You know, that people know and they get their teeth into. You put, you, you have the job. You put the team together. You do. You plan. You know, that's the first act. You set everything in place. What are the stakes? Why are we doing it? Who's going to do it? The second act is like getting the plan together, getting everything you need, you know, dealing with contingencies and setbacks. And then the third final climactic act is when it all comes back together and you, 
you, you know, you pull off the job or you don't, you know, and yeah, yeah. that's a really defined structure that will give you, you know, uh, goalposts on goalposts, uh, yeah, um, marker flags, you yeah, know, you mean, yeah, as yeah. you move through your story. So you don't feel new, like new, you're just swimming in the wilderness. You find your, you know? your new spawn points. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, people are familiar with the 3X structure in Hollywood. You know, take that, do it. Yeah, yeah. No, put, and that's, a that's, put a structure into your campaign. It will it will serve you really, really well. You know, that's a great tip is like, you know, if you're lacking a way to kind of come up with a unique storyline or whatever, totally just grab it from your favorite film or book or comic book or whatever. And like you said, no, no producer or director is going to be knocking on the door for their royalty fee. Just take that great story idea and change out what it is. Like now they're not robbing a bank. They're robbing some new tech corporation that has some like new tech that's not out on the market yet that this other corporation hired them to go jack or something. You know, just put your own twist on it, but you can totally grab the core, uh, you know, structure of that story from already great established films that you know work and know have that depth and like that that great structure that you can use, you know? Um, so that yeah, and all of those... All of those classic screenwriting tips, you know, uh, are nearly all applicable to campaign writing as well. So you've got to have stakes, you know, you, you, you got to have uh, meaningful motivations for your characters um, and, uh, you know, things, things have to make sense as they, you know, events travel from A to B to C, you know. Um, so a lot of those tips that you, you sort of are, are kind of popular knowledge or even if you, you look up, you know, how do I write a screenplay? A lot of those things can be adapted for a, uh, a campaign. Don't all, you don't always treat it like an interactive movie, but it's not a bad place to start. Mm-hmm. No, exactly, exactly. It's not a ba- bad place to start and it at least gives you that, that baseline structure that you can then start putting your own flavor into, but you know you yeah. have that... Um, skeleton or backbone there for you. You know, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, because you need to you need to animate your players. You need to you need to understand. They need to understand what's up and and why. You know, they need to want to want to carry through the story. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's great. And I think you know everything we discussed gives a great idea of just kind of how to start and structure a campaign. You know, from beginning to end, and you have your points, your plots, a couple of good tips there. But one thing I always like to bring up and just get your thoughts on it or ideas and um, is when you structure that, when you set it up and you're going through this, this kind of story that you, you've lined up, you know, all the time, 100%, you can always count on players are going to throw you a curveball. They're always yeah, going to yeah. think of something that you didn't think of because everybody has unique thoughts. Everybody's different. So, like, you may think of all the different tangents, like choose your own adventure style thing. Like, oh, well, they might do that. They might do that. They might do this. I've got all my bases covered. Let's go. And then, boom, a player will be like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And you're like, oh, shit. Uh, I didn't think of that. You know, so like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and a lot of us, you know, like we're quick thinkers. We might be able to pull tangents from previous things and you have the experience. But like new GMs and stuff, like how, what's a, you know, well, good tip the temptation, that, right, is to The temptation is to plan for contingencies, right? Plan for every contingency. Right, right. Uh, as you say, oh, like, oh, what if they do this? What if you do this? And you can do that and you should do that. Um, you, should, you, you should anticipate a few different approaches to given situations. You should definitely do that and, and, and try and work out. But as you say, players will always, always, always surprise you. Now, part of it is setting up at the beginning. If you're building a campaign like I do and you're saying this is a defined structure, it's not like a West Marches, it's not like an open world game where you just characters, you drop in the world, you do a thing. Uh, those are cool games, just... They're not games that I run. I run these story-based games. So people know a little bit that they shouldn't, they sort of, they come in the expectation that they're being told 
they're, they're being brought through a story, right? And they they know not to sort of just like run off to the side because that's the that's the expectation that's been set up at the beginning. So that's another good reason to have that those session negative one zero yeah, whatever yeah. Yeah, yeah. people know what they're getting into and 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 you know know that they're not being railroaded being led down a path but yeah yeah um and that's important too is you know as a gm don't feel like by by kind of setting your story or if players are going so off the path and you you, you want to pull them back to the story don't feel like you're railroading them like I, you know it's good to avoid that you know, you can drop yep. hints and rewards and influence and you can move certain key points to wherever they go to make the story work. And by all means, do that. Make it feel organic and real. But yep. also don't be scared, like like uh, Phil just said, to kind of pull it back where it needs to be or discuss that in session zero or whatever. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be full on like railroading or feeling like they're locked in. It's just really trying to, you know, keep focus on the mission at hand. And sometimes uh, one thing I, li- I like to do, too, is like if you're in the middle of a mission, right? And like a tangent happens or they discover something or whatever. They come up with a a weird idea to throw them off, right? I might say something like, okay, cool. Like you found that. And and if they start pursuing it, I might pull them back by saying like, okay, cool. Like we'll get into that in a minute. But right now we're kind Mm -hmm. of pressed for time with what we're doing. Like let's let's bring the focus back. And and I'll I'll, I'll almost pull myself out of the game just to kind of just drop that little, hey guys, let's pull it back here. And we'll get into that like when it's done. You know, you'll be able to get back into that item you found and pursue that like you were just about to. But let's finish what yeah, we started yeah. over here, you know. And it's, then other times, it's... other times, don't be scared. Sorry to, to run at the no, mouth. No, like keep going, keep going. Yeah, yeah. But in other times, it's kind of fun to, if you're in the middle of a full-on campaign, let them go on that tangent. If they have it, have fun with it. If you can roll with it, go make a little side thing. You might get some extra sessions out of that and some interesting things. Yeah. And then just bring it back. Try to remember where you left off and then. You know, after they do that, they go back to that location and keep going or doing whatever they're doing, as long as it makes sense to the story. You know, obviously, if you're in the middle of a time sensitive heist, you're not going to go off on this other two day tangent, you know, but you get my <laughs> point. Yeah, yeah. Ice cream flavor or whatever. Yeah. 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 But uh, I think that flexibility is important for a GM, you know. And again, pulling principles from other kind of uh, other mediums, the improv principle of yes and, you know, it, it, if you players come up with something surprising, find a the best thing to do is find a way to go, yes, that's cool. And we'll do this with it. You know, you, you can, you can take their ideas and you can kind of reformat them back into your story so that it makes sense. That's a um, good tip. So you don't want to sort of just like cut things off, but you can say, yeah, that's cool. And we will deal with it. But uh, we got like a story. That that's a great tip. Yes. And not yes, but yes, I think that's kind of a good way to put it, you know, instead of just being yeah. like, yeah, but we can't do that. Or yeah, but, that you know, it's, it's more like, yes. And in fact, we're, you know, you can do that over here and we'll do that. Yeah. I think that's a more positive way to look at it. That's great. Yeah. And if it makes people feel like that, the ideas have weight and, and they're important and they're affecting the world. Um, so you want to try and build your campaign that so that it has intrinsic motivations. So um, there, uh, there are two kinds of motivation in storytelling. You've got intrinsic and extrinsic motivations intrinsics are things you want to do for the sake of them you know you want to do something uh heroic because it's um it needs to be done and you need to step up it's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. um uh you know so you might be stealing something because it's going to fall into the wrong hands or someone you know needs it so that's an intrinsic motivation or an extrinsic motivation is an external reward you're going to get for something else you know, in metagame terms, it's experience points, or it might be money. You're being paid to do the heist, whatever. Exactly, and, yeah. and different pe- different characters will have different motivations. 
But if your motivations are clear and strong, you have less of a problem with people running off to do other things because they 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 know why their character is doing a thing. You know, if oh, yeah. if it's if it's if it's kind of flaccid about why they're doing the heist, you find them more kind of wandering off to get bored and do other things because the heist isn't that important to the characters. So, yep. very important to build those hooks in like right from the beginning and, and make sure there's a reason people are, are, are following your story. And if you find that they people often wander off the beaten path from your story, maybe that's the issue that they're having is they don't know why they should be following your story. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's less railroady if they feel like, oh, yeah, of course I'm doing this. This is this is what needs to be done. You know, of course my yeah. character's doing this. Uh, exactly. And then you find you don't you don't need to kind of like wrench them back in because yeah. they're, they're doing the work for you. They're, they're turn, they want to kind of carry on with it themselves. Um, but in terms of like individual situations where you go, okay, this is how I expect people to, to, to attack this situation. And they're always going to surprise you, right? This is, this is the, the eternal uh, DMs dilemma is you, you cannot account for every nuance of right. human creativity. It's just not going to happen. So what I like to try to do is, is build the situation Right, so you say, this is the vault. It has this level of security on it. The patrol car comes around this often, um, and the, the guards are, are this alert and have this level of training. You know, and and you know, you, there's you give them a map and you give them their access points to the net. Uh, this is sort of based on the first mission from my uh, red campaign, um, which you should go listen to, Rodercast. Um, <laughs> and, and you and you say, "Here you go. This is this is the situation, you know." And you don't you don't anticipate. Oh, I think they'll go in the south door, so I'll put this in front of them. You just go, "Well, this is this is what the place would look like," um, and you you react to them. Exactly. So you're not going to go, "Oh, sh- oh shit! I don't know what I don't know what they're doing now. I don't know how to plan for this." You you should sort of build that uncertainty into your planning. You go, "Okay, here it is." I think I know what I would do, but I'll leave it up to the players to, to see how they would approach it. So try to build certain encounters or, t- or problems or tasks in a sort of holistic way. Just, just put the, the whole uh, situation, plan the whole situation, the whole response kind of idea ahead of time, and then just sort of unleash your players into it, you know, um, and then have, have your core backup follow company protocol you know uh, or whatever uh and and then you're already ready to roll with the punches exactly and i think that's a great tip is you know make the world itself or that scene or whatever it is within that campaign you know a real entity make it realistic <laughs> like you know this is where this is this you know don't anticipate well i think they're coming in that door so i'm putting that there make it what it would really be okay if this is the vault there would probably be a security guard here there'd be a chick at the desk here from this hour to this hour and this dude is over here doing this and like you have it there and then just like let the players be in that world like it's real you know and wherever they choose to go is whatever is going to happen you know you got to kind of yeah. roll with that reality and those punches and the other thing that you brought up too and i think it's a good point to make because i did a gm tips episode uh campaign building or campaigns for medias and one of the things in there and you kind of just reiterated this th- that style or that concept or whatever is i like to kind of play it out by you know um you know, placing the motivations within the campaign, right? So media always trying to break a story, so to speak. So you're, you're trying to lay out these motivations, whether they're, you know, covering something that is lacking coverage or they're uncovering some corruption or whatever. And you have these motivations. 
and you you hope you rely on that and it makes the game rich and it feels it but if 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 it that's not working if you didn't place that right or the player is not caring at that moment or it's just not aligning um instead of railroading it's it's great just make it a fucking job you know like you said it's a it's a bit meta game like oh I'll do it for the experience you know like that sort of vibe but you can always like place it in like you know they get the call or the person's there for a job you can make some bank go do this job and like it, it it's always I like to go motivation oh, first motivation first because yeah. it's always more natural you know yeah. what I mean it feels more organic and, and cool but you can always just make it a fucking job as a last resort if you got to pull them in give them some pay you know like pay them to do it you know maybe and then but if 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 you need an extra impetus to to make them go on that job take something away from them you know get a loan sharks come to come good or or, or their brother you know they grab say they have family a from yeah grab family from life path you know they have they have yeah. somebody that oh their brother is deep in debt and they need cash yeah. fast right yeah suddenly there's a motivation right and they they you know they don't like their brother very much. Okay, <laughs> go with something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something else. Yeah, you'll find something else. No, I think that's but a you'll great find, point. You know, you can you can t- take it from both ways. You can say carrot and stick. You can say, well, okay, this isn't motivating off uh, enough on its own. Mm-hmm. Here's a problem you have to solve. You know, so now the stakes are even higher. Or you can go, well, here's extra reward for doing it. You can you can pull it both uh, both ends to kind of get. Drag people to where you need. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, it's just be tactful. You know, like, no matter what decision you want to make, if you're the GM and you're in control and you're worried about it feeling too much like you're just the be-all, end-all, making a decision or railroading or just doing it, like, just ultimately be tactful, whether you're coming up with a motivation or pulling something from a life path or maybe giving a little hint or, okay, that person's a media, let me just make, like, a breaking story moment over here that pulls them back in or something happens. Like, try to be tactful. Try to work with, with those little elements and key points that we've been mentioning to tactfully yeah. get those players back on track. Look at that character sheet, you know, if they've invested a bunch of time into describing their relationship with their brother or their sister or their company or whatever, you know, go it back into that character sheet. Look for things, you know, that they've written down because that is their piece of paper that says this is who this is what I, the story I want to tell. This is the per- why this person is important. That's a great um, point, yeah. I, I love doing that with every campaign. Every campaign I do, yeah. like if I have my structure, no matter what it is, I'll always look at each player's character sheet and at least try to find like one, at least one fucking element from somebody life path-wise to drop in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's important. And do the same things with their skills and stuff as well, you know? If someone is is uh, a, a tech head, you know, or give them good- stuff. Or yeah, create gambling or stock market, yeah. you know, like try to work that in. It'll be fun yeah, for them. That's right. They they have put they have put marks on their sheet to say, Oh, I would like to use this skill. I would like to see how this plays out, you know? And if you if you don't, then you, you're kind of missing a trick, right? The the, the player's very clearly telling you what they want to do. Um so there there's animal <laughs> handling in in so yeah, yeah. red. I managed to work in an uh, animal handling chat. That's so cool. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's there, so why not use it? You know, yeah, the players. A great, are giving that's a great point, a great tip, and I want to reiterate that too for GMs, like because you, you rarely think of that. You know, you will definitely look at players' life path and you'll be like, okay, cool, they belong to that booster gang. I have a gang in my campaign. I'll make it that one. There now they're related. They have motivation. You know, oh, they have a brother they really care about. That's the motherfucker getting kidnapped that they have to rescue. Like that's easy. That's great, and it, and you and you can do that. We all do it. But I think you uh, just man, I haven't heard a lot of people kind of look at it from that angle. And that's a great point. Um, look at skills, 
You know, if a player puts some points in some random skills and things that others don't have, like they obviously want to see how that plays out and they're interested in that. They have that as part of their character's life. So try to pull those in sometimes. And that's not to say every campaign pull every fucking thing. And like, yeah, that'll feel too contrived and weird, but definitely like, you know, grab something. Like I said, every campaign I like to personally, and everybody's different, but I personally like to look at each one and at least pull one life path thing in, or at least one little goodie or something, a little Easter egg, something. And at least that way it's not overdone, but there's always something that can make someone related or pulled in. And then, you know, like we said, be flexible. It'll happen as it goes too. Yeah. And the first time you do it, you watch that player and they'll go, oh, right. Oh, I, it's so satisfying when you like pull in their brother or you pull <laughs> in their lost lover or something, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh, oh, I didn't realize you were going to work that in that way. And it's so satisfying. It's the best feeling when you're like, ah, yeah, I, I saw that part of your character sheet. And here it is, you know? And you feel like some <laughs> sort of mastermind. And it's really easy. You just read that character sheet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> a great like a master level tip, right? Yeah, um, yeah. As you're saying, though, you know, be tactical, try and make it organic. Um, but the counterpoint to that is it's sort of the this one of the central tips I guess I'm 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 saying here is involve your players at every step and communicate with them. Um if being tactful isn't working, if nudging them isn't working, if changing the motivations isn't working, get out of the game, get your group together or 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 just individually to the person and say, Look, you know, I am I'm doing all this work and you kind of you're not picking up what I'm putting down yeah. and it's very frustrating <laughs> to me, you know, and, and it's upsetting because I, I do all this work and I, and I, and I try to kind of work, can't work out why it's not satisfying to you or why you're kind of resisting it, you know, and very, very, very few players will be just, just in it for doing that to, to fuck with you. It's right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but particularly if you play with your friends, that's it's pretty unlikely to happen. And, and most people are not doing that. It's usually uh, uh, some sort of misunderstanding or miscommunication between the two of you where you think they want something and they think they've told you what they want and you just you haven't you haven't met in the middle, right? So just just if if it's not working, if being subtle isn't working, just bring it out. Make it explicit. Say, hey guys, you know, my prep isn't you're not following what I'm prepped. You don't seem to be interested in it. What can I do to make it more interesting to you, to me? What can we do to make this work? Do you just, just, just talk. You don't have to have it all on you. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a great, great point. And, and a great, that's a big tip, you know, like don't be scared to, you know, if it's absolutely not working, you're trying all these things, the motivations, the pay, the forcing. I mean, you've gone as far to try to railroad and like, put fucking roadblocks and, and it's just not working. Players are not getting it or there's one specific or whatever it is. Don't be scared to step out of the session. You're at the, at least at the end of that one, or, or if you're hitting a roadblock in it, just say timeout guys, you know, don't be scared to have that conversation as yourself, not GM with the players as themselves, not characters, you know, step out of the yeah. game and just confront that, that situation, you know, and it doesn't need to be, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe confronts not the right word cause it shouldn't be confrontational, yeah. but it should definitely be like, you know, a little bit of like, just open, you know, like, Hey guys, you know, like, like Phil said, just explain I'm, how you feel. Yeah. I'm trying all these things and I just feel like either you don't like it or you're not getting it or what, but let's talk about it and make it work, you know, and then yeah. just find a way to make it work. I think it's a great tip. So I think we've covered, you know, everything that I can think of with this campaign building process that you've done and some extra tips outside of that. But have you, are there any other tips that we didn't cover, you know, with campaign building or just some extra goodies? Yeah. Because um, I know we kind of covered some things too when we did our uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, stream yeah. and stuff. Like I know, you know, you've, you've done enough games. I'm sure you have other good tips. <laughs> Is there anything that we forgot to mention or go over you want to go mention? 
so I would say if you're new, don't be afraid to start with modules. Uh, definitely start with a module for whatever game you're playing. Um, read it front to back several times before you start, you know, be prepared. Uh, and and it's not like it's not like a worse game if you play with a module. You know, start there. Have it have use the benefit of someone's experience where they've they've written campaigns before and they've written you this book where everything's laid out, the contingencies, the NPCs are there and learn from it. Go, okay, why have they decided to do it like this? You know, why is it structured this way? And um, you can sort of hybrid that into your own personal campaigns by adapting on the fly. What you're doing is you get more confident. You go, oh, okay, this campaign book doesn't explore this sidetrack. Maybe I could. Maybe I could add this. Maybe this place needs an NPC or this NPC needs an extra wrinkle to them, needs a different personality. And you don't have to be like, you know, make everything from scratch. You don't have to do that, especially when you're first starting out. You know, learn from other people. Listen to gameplay. Read a campaign book. I think that's kind of like... Slowly. Yeah, I think that's kind of like probably the, the best first tip. Because when it comes yeah. to, a, to a new GM, and I think it's definitely worth saying because I, I, my other uh, campaign building episodes that I've done with other GMs and experienced ones like yourself, like myself, a lot of us don't run you know modules like that. We'll use them almost like a resource because I, I just don't have time. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, a lot of us, you know, we'll, we'll read them and use it like as like you said, like a resource almost like that. We'll extract. Yeah, well, I do. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I see how they did that, and that's kind of interesting. I'm going to kind of do something similar. So it's become mm. that. But that's not to say, man, when I started, when like everybody started, like you didn't just start a role playing game and go yeah. know how to do a campaign like nobody did. Like you had to read the rules and you're like, OK, I get the rules and I get how they explain how to run a campaign. But everybody has run, you know, the campaign in the back of the rule book or they've bought a module or something along those lines. And like that's a, the number one rule, I think, to maybe put right after, you know, make sure you're having fun because you want to have fun first, obviously. <laughs> but right after that, like, man, yeah, that's a great place to start. All new GMs. Start with a module. You start with a, a little free campaign. Like in Cyberpunk, they always put those scream sheets in the back of mm-hmm. 2020. In the starter kit, they got like the apartment and other things. In red, yeah. I'm sure they're going to have them in the official red. Start there. It'll give you an exact idea of how a campaign is written out and run, and, and it'll give you some some great starter experience. It'll and guaranteed to to spark ideas. You know, if DMing's for you, then then running a module will make you go, oh, 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 ah, ah, ah. and then yeah. you're off. <laughs> you're off. You're off to the races at that point. Um, a, a last thing I'll say is that I am in the middle of editing uh, my current campaign um, for Cyberpunk Red. It's really really cool. Uh, I, I'm super proud of of what we've put together, um, and it's a custom campaign written for Red. So when I f- finish editing that uh it's probably about another 10 episodes to come out so another 10 week i'm gonna go back to my campaign materials which i wrote pretty extensive at least for the first three quarters of it um and i'm gonna polish that up and then hopefully guys get to see uh what i put together for feed the beast for these guys so um we'll have hopefully a completed kind of readable campaign for people to see um how i approach uh, putting it together as well. So that's really cool. So sort of end of the year time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really cool. And that's cool that you'll have something for red. Cause as you know, like red's going to be coming out. It's going to be new. People are going to be hungry for more and more source books and modules and things. And like, it's, it's kind of cool when the community can at least start providing some of that. So there's something while we're waiting on our Talsorian and everything to really start kicking out 
material for it, yeah. you know? So that's really cool, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to look into it when you have it out. That's awesome. Cool. Hell yeah. So yeah, anybody listening, uh, you know, definitely show us some love, like, and share the video, look up uh, roll to cast and baby beard media. Um, you'll, you'll be able that's to right. check out everything that Phil Harker Smith has going on and, you know, show them some love too. subscribe to their podcast and their YouTube tune into the live gameplay um, it's all one big community, and we're all trying to support each other. So definitely, you know, give it out as much as you take it in, and let's keep keep everything growing and expanding. Yeah. So, um, join yeah. in, yeah, join exactly. in. It's a very, very open, welcoming community. Hell yeah, most definitely. So yeah, thanks so much for joining me again, and thanks everybody for, for tuning in. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Take care. See ya.